BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music and lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. You're listening to Comedy Central. From the most trusted journalists at Comedy Central, it's America's only source for news. This is The Daily Show with your host, Desi Lydon. turns the secret surface into an all-you-can-eat buffet, we learn why your grandmother's butt dials weren't going through, and we put an end to a terrible rumor about Nikki Haley. Plus, Grammy winner Jason Isbell. So let's get into the headlines. scandal that's been rocking the White House. According to a new report, Joe Biden's dog commander bit Secret Service agents at least 24 times before he was banished from the White House last October. 24 times. I'm sorry, even John Wick would be like, you gotta get rid of that dog. That's ridiculous. Let's move on to another world leader, Beyonce. She just made history by becoming the first black woman to top the country music chart. Huge with her hit song, Texas Hold'em. So brace yourselves, girls and gays, because half your friends on Instagram are going to spend the summer thinking they can pull off cowboy hats. (laughs) They can't. This is very exciting for everyone. Well, except for Jay-Z. Lemonade was great, but if you get caught cheating in a country song, thoughts and prayers, Jay-Z. Thoughts and prayers. And in tech news, tens of thousands of people across the country lost cell phone service this morning when AT&T and other companies were hit with a massive outage. No one got any calls or texts. Thousands of Americans finding out what it's like to be Ted Cruz. (laughs) And I bet cable companies were feeling pretty cocky this morning. Well, 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 guess the landline isn't so useless anymore, is it? Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm getting a call. It's a telemarketer. (laughs) 
For more on this fallout of this service disruption, we turn to Troy Iwata. <laughs> Were you affected by this awful outage? Awful? Desi, this was the best morning of my life. <laughs> I reconnected with an old friend, and his name is Troy. <laughs> I, I looked up at the world around me. Children were laughing, people were chatting. Bonjour, monsieur. Bonjour. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you had a nice time off the grid, but, but what can you report about the impact of this outage? Emergency services had trouble all day. And you know who didn't know about that? Me. Because <laughs> I had no service. I wasn't, I wasn't reading dumb notifications. I was taking a walk with a beautiful stranger I met on the train. And we took a horse carriage ride, and we sat by the lake, and we watched two swans make love. It was... <laughs> it was very loud. I'd never seen a swan finish before. <laughs> then, uh, I, I meditated under a tree, and I entered a transcendental enlightenment, and I experienced ego death. I also baked these snickerdoodles. Oh, I love snickerdoodles. Troy, I, I have to admit, I, I didn't realize that there was such an upside to this outage from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank whoever was behind this. Whether it was, whether it was Russian operatives or Al-Qaeda or um, just good old-fashioned case of people sucking at their job. Thank you. Thank you so much for this morning. That's wonderful. It sounds like this was a transformative experience for you. So how will this new outlook inform your life now that the service is back on? Hmm? Oh, sorry. Some guy on TikTok is reviewing a fake Birkin. Idiot. <laughs> uh, All right, what's well, up? <laughs> Welcome back, Troy. Troy Iwata, everybody. Uh, let's move on to the presidential race and our ongoing coverage of Indecision 2024. talk about Nikki Haley this week and how she's staying in the race despite having worse odds than the New York Mets winning next year's Super Bowl. <laughs> I have to say, I'm actually glad she's staying in the race because even if you don't agree with her politics, she still really pisses Donald Trump off. <laughs> and that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Clearly on his enemies list, along with the law and waistbands. <laughs> but she's not just the only Trump alternative in the GOP race. According to the media, she's also the only moderate one. Nikki Haley has sort of this moderate, old school republicanism. She's become the candidate of the moderates. A moderate candidate like Nikki Haley, who is increasingly an outsider in the Republican Party. Yes, obviously Nikki Haley is a moderate. It's something that everybody knows, like Joe Biden is old, or RFK is a biohazard, or Tim Scott is crying on the inside. It's just a fact that nobody disputes. But is it a fact? Is Nikki Haley the moderate in the race? 
because when you actually take a look at her policies, they aren't that different from Trump. She also wants to build the wall. She also wants mass deportations. She's also opposed to Obamacare and the Paris Climate Accords. And in fact, on abortion, she's even more extreme than Trump. She supports a national ban after six weeks, before most women even know that they're pregnant. At six weeks, the symptoms are fatigue and stomach issues, and women can't take a pregnancy test every time they get bubble guts. <laughs> it's not that she doesn't care about women's issues. It's that she has a very unmoderate idea of what women's issues are. The idea that we have biological boys playing in girls' sports, it is the women's issue of our time. Really, Nikki? That's the women's issue of our time? Not abortion access or equal pay or even how to part your hair so teens don't bully you? this, but Nikki Haley is so bad at knowing what women actually want, I think maybe her husband should order for her at restaurants. <laughs> so most of her policies aren't more moderate than Trump, and if you ask her, she herself doesn't identify as a moderate. On the campaign trail, Haley has made it very clear that she says she's not a moderate. I have been a conservative fighter all my life. I was a Tea Party candidate when I became governor. And we passed one of the toughest illegal immigration laws in the country. We passed pro-life bills. We took on the unions and we took on Obama when it came to the unions, the Syrian refugees and everything in between. Guys, she says she's not a moderate. Believe women. <laughs> Again, if she doesn't say she's a moderate and her policies aren't moderate, why is everyone calling her a moderate? I guess it could be her demeanor. She's certainly the only candidate speaking at her moderate volume. <laughs> and you got Trump screaming so loud, AT&T satellites are exploding. <laughs> and then you got Biden at every press conference whispering to the ghost of Christmas past. Just using a proper inside voice is going to seem like a breath of fresh air. <laughs> but that can't be all of it. When it comes down to it, there's only one real difference between Nikki Haley and Donald Trump that's getting her this label. Do I think Joe Biden is the legitimate president? Yes. <laughs> wow, what a reasonable middle-of-the-road answer. <laughs> The man who won the election won the election. <laughs> but that's where we're at. That is the big split in the Republican Party today. Do you think Joe Biden won the election or did you take a shit on Nancy Pelosi's desk? <laughs> used to discussing democracy versus fascism. They're used to discussing left versus right. So they put Donald Trump on the far right, and anybody who didn't, who didn't storm the Capitol becomes a moderate. But that means that any Republican, no matter what their views are, gets labeled as a moderate just because they believe in democracy. Like Georgia Governor Brian Kemp. He's been called the most conservative governor in Georgia's history, but he also doesn't think the election was stolen. So now people call him a moderate. 
or uh, Liz Cheney. She denies climate change. She's anti-abortion, and she loves bombing other countries just as much as her dad. <laughs> yeah, she's a Nepo bomber. <laughs> She loves bombing other countries so much, she thought Oppenheimer was the first season of an ABC sitcom. <laughs> but because she says that Trump lost, guess what she's called? You've got Liz Cheney uh, being a, you know, a female voice in the Republican Party demanding a, a more moderate approach. The thoughtful, moderate, pro-Constitution Republicans like Liz Cheney and you might be wondering, why does it even matter? So what if the media mistakenly calls some conservatives moderates? Sometimes I call my husband my ex-boyfriend's name. It's fine. <laughs> he barely notices. He left me. <laughs> but it does matter. Because the word moderate means much more than just believing Joe Biden won the election. Most people still think that it means not extreme or willing to compromise. So when the media attaches this label to candidates who support abortion bans and endless wars, that makes those beliefs sound moderate. But they're not. And the media should not be labeling them as moderates just because they passed the low bar of not overthrowing the government. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm getting emotional about this, but I just believe that having biological conservatives competing in moderate sports, <laughs> that is the women's issue of our time. When we come back, we'll talk to Jason Isbell, so don't go away. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. 
Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is a Grammy Award-winning musician whose latest album is called Weather Veins. He can also be seen in the Oscar-nominated film Killers of the Flower Moon. Please welcome Jason Inville. Thank you. You got another Grammy. I did. I got a couple this time. It was crazy. Oh my God. This is how many? Six? This is six. Good Lord. I'm yeah. Well deserved. Thank you. Well deserved. And not only are you an accomplished musician, but you are now an incredible actor. You were in Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon, which has been nominated for all of the Academy Awards. And you're great in it. Now, did you did you find that the grind of touring and performing prepared you for the pure stamina you needed to sit through the entire movie start to finish? Yeah. <laughs> I do really good at not peeing, and that helped a lot. <laughs> you're well trained for it. Yeah. I'm re- yeah. It was uh, it was an incredible experience to see all that go down. I didn't know why I was there. Um, <laughs> no. Be so much. You're incredible in the film. Well, thank you, and I do believe they didn't let me screw the movie up. No. But uh, it took a little while for me to realize that. So they had this guy who was like a dialect coach, right? right. And all day, every day, he was working with with DiCaprio and with De Niro on talking like this. Yeah. And I went and met with him, and he said, uh, "We're just going to hang out. I don't have any notes for you. You just." <laughs> You just talk like you talk, and I thought, I know why I'm here. They're saving money on the dollar. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Talent and a budget cut. Two birds, it one stone. Yeah. That's so funny. I, I also heard uh, that an incident happened on set when you were doing a scene with Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was an incident. There it was, was an incident. Someone, so, <laughs> yeah. Do you want to tell it? I could tell you that. Yeah, I could tell. I would not have volunteered to tell the story, no, but I No, I think we should. The sense of humor of a 14-year-old boy. So oh, I would love for you to tell the story. Perfect. So um, we were in this very small space, and we were shooting a scene where the two of us kind of get up in each other's face, and it's it's intense, you know. And we're not friends, and we're about to, you know, throw hands, and it gets really serious. And we've been doing this for a couple of hours, and all of a sudden there were like 30 crew people in the room, and me and Leo, and the the camera was rolling, the film was happening, and all of a sudden somebody in the crew uh, flatulated. He, 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 <laughs> he, he, you said he, that in the most polite southern way. <laughs> he flatulated. Well, I shouldn't assume it's a he. It could have been a she. It could I'm have sorry. Been a she. That was, it very well could have been a she. I, but whoever it was, you could tell that uh, that person had lost a great battle. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> Just sure. by the sound of it, you know. And then, of course, everybody being the the best of the best, nobody did anything. Nobody, nobody would. Ooh, he he farted, no. you know. It was like uh, later on, I called it a, a farticus situation because they were all willing to take the hit. 
uh, for this. But but what happened was I started laughing and DiCaprio started laughing, and I thought, oh great, we're doing one of those blooper reels because I've never been in a movie before. You know? I thought this guy farted. This is gonna be great. And then uh, he like like wove the laugh into his character, and all of a sudden it was Ernest laughing at Bill, and I was not Bill anymore. I was. <laughs> I was a redneck laughing at a farting man. And I realized this is why one of us has an Oscar. Sure. And the other one is about a budget for an accent. I thought you were going to say that he rolled it into his character and he just said, excuse me. Yeah. And just went on. And Pardon. now that's part of the movie. I'm nervous. That's what my guitar player said. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Anytime. Well, I, I imagine Quickly. when you're on stage performing that if that sort of thing happens, one of the band members farts, then yeah. you just play louder. You do. Yeah, you do. It's Well, we have cues. You know, it's, yeah. it's hard to communicate on stage. So sometimes it's it's intentional. It's like, oh, it's that's, that's when we go to the drum solo. Yeah. <laughs> now, was this the first time that you ever acted before? Really? Yeah, it was. I've done some voiceover stuff uh, for a show called the Squidbillies, a, a show that I love. I was the, uh, the uh, youth minister on that show. I, I had gone to Bible school on a cheerleading scholarship. So <laughs> essentially, I was just playing myself on that one. That sure. was easy. Um, and then uh, I, w I was in the Deadwood movie just standing there in the background uh, because I just loved the show so much that they let me come stand in the background. And that was, that How was, generous of them. It was really kind. Yeah, it was really. But this is the first time I'd actually acted like somebody other than myself or a youth minister. So it was a challenge. You're really, really incredible in the movie. It, Thank is you. that is it true that you just started auditioning during some downtime during during COVID when you yeah. couldn't tour? Yeah, we were we were uh, locked down, couldn't tour, and I, I told my agent, if you can find anything where people are working safely and I can still keep me busy and do something creative and if there's a good story to tell. And so I got an audition, I got another audition, and uh, uh, I wound up, you know, on a Zoom call in my bedroom with Scorsese and De Niro. And, uh, and then I got the part. Yeah, it was amazing. It was my birthday, actually. Oh, yeah, what a birthday gift. Yeah. Doesn't get any better than that. No. So um, I want to talk about weather vanes. Mm -hmm. I heard that you wrote the entire album when you had downtime on set. Is Most that of true? It, yeah, almost all of it, I did. Now, um, when I have downtime on set, I play Wordle. Yes. <laughs> I had gone through a lot of Wordle. I'd tried. Sometimes I'll try everything else except what I should be doing. How did you do that? Did you now have a, like a creative association with your with the acting process on that film and the songwriting process? Are they woven? In I any think way? so. But but that was incidental, really. You know, I didn't know until I went back and listened to the finished product of the album that I had used a lot of themes and names that happened to line up with the movie. You know, in the song King of Oklahoma, there's a Molly. And that to me had, I had no idea that I was spending most of my time with, you know, Lily Gladstone who was playing Molly. And it was, it was just getting into my brain. And I kind of, one of the tricks that I have as a songwriter, as I go along, I have eliminated uh, ways of editing myself until it's time to start editing so I don't slow myself down. And so if I'm writing a song, I'm not paying attention to much other than just the puzzle of making the words line up. And do you play and, and write in your, in your head at the same time or do you write first and then 
how, do, how does the process work? How do you not get in your way when you're in the creative flow? You have to remind yourself, like, am I writing a song or am I editing a song? Uh -huh. You know, and those, you can't do those at the same time. I can't. Some yeah. people probably can. But I usually, I'll start by like repeating a phrase. I'll overhear something or I'll think of something. And it may be like literally what I'm doing. Like I might say, there's there's not coffee in this. And that might. Well, you don't have to give it away. I'm sorry they cut the budget, okay? Yeah. <laughs> we'll get you coffee. And most of my songs are complaints at the end of the day. But then after a while, you just repeat it, and and, uh, and and a melody sort of makes itself happen. And then I'll pick up a guitar and start finding the chords. And, and you know, I, I kind of look at it like there's a big, huge field full of rocks. And everything you need is under one of those rocks. And it might be under the first rock you pick up, but you might have to pick up a million of them. But if you just keep trying things, eventually you'll get you'll get there. That's feel, I feel like I'm just, just a lifetime of picking up rocks. Mm -hmm. just, <laughs> going you um you have a song called middle of the morning and you talk about being a strong but silent southern man do you feel like the idea of what a southern man is or southern masculinity has evolved in your lifetime I mean, we're trying we're trying to evolve that you know um but evidence sometimes shows the contrary to be true <laughs> how so well <laughs> You know, in my experience, we're not always the best at talking about how we feel, and that makes us not very good at dealing with our emotions. And things will come out in ways that we don't intend them to, you know, when we're not able to say, I am scared or I am sad. Um, and I don't n necessarily know that that's a Southern thing, uh, but, but, you know, it definitely happens a lot in the South, and that's where I came from. And Do you hope that your music can kind of act as a solve for, for young men to grow up and see another way of being? I would like that. You know, it, it serves a purpose for me initially, but I think if, if your intentions are honest and you're really trying to communicate with people, um, then that will happen as a byproduct of what you're doing. Um, and I do, I see a lot of big dudes crying at the shows and it makes me really happy. It makes me really happy. I think you're making a lot of big dudes cry out here right now. Don't cry big dudes, oh, you can cry. do it. You can, this, is a, this is a safe space, safe big dudes. Space. Safe space, we can laugh, we can cry. Um, you also are extremely outspoken when it comes to uh, common sense gun laws and advocacy. You wrote a song on your album that's about the fear as a parent that you have in this country that many of us feel sending our kids to school every day. Was that, I can't even imagine how difficult that song was to write. Was it an emotional experience for you? It was hard. The first time I wrote it, I didn't do a very good job um, because I wasn't saying exactly what I wanted to say, you know. And uh, when I rewrote it, I got closer to what I meant, and then I did it again, and finally I was actually telling the truth. Some, sometimes that's the process, you know, you want to be vague and you don't want to hit the, hit the nail on the head, but, but this one really called for that. And I, and I went from, when I'm writing about something that heavy, I find the best way to do it for me is to go from my own personal perspective. Mm -hmm. I don't have any experience in a mass shooting situation, so I'm not going to write a song about that. But what I will write about is being at the grocery store and hearing a balloon pop. And the first thing that comes into my mind is, oh, my God, is somebody in here with a gun? You know, and uh, I know it is extremely frustrating for a whole lot of people in this country to deal with. It's uh 
you know, it's something that we shouldn't have to worry about. I think it's something that, that you know, is, is a, a, a capitalist issue at heart. I think all those companies that sprung up after the Brady Bill was repealed are really kind of pulling the strings right now and selling people something that they don't need so they can feel proud of something that they really shouldn't be proud of, you know. Um, but it's scary. It's scary. And, and, and having a child, uh, you know, it does make you think about these things more often. It, it won't necessarily make a good person out of you. But if you start as one, it'll make you worry a lot. Yeah. <laughs> That's the truth. Tears. I have to smell. I have to... Well, you're, you're going to stay and you're going to perform for us. I am. You're going to perform a song called Cast Iron Skillet. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm from Kentucky, so I'm no stranger to southern phrases like don't wash the cast iron skillet. That's why I never do the dishes. Um, but these, but, but you have a way of, of, of um, using these like simple Southern phrases, but there's a much deeper meaning underneath. What was the inspiration behind this song? I like to make characters and then follow them around and see what they do. And when I start a song, I don't necessarily know how it's going to end. I just like to make characters that you can believe and that are honest and then see how they behave as human people would behave. And sometimes that character is the narrator because this has got two, this song has two separate stories. Both of them are true and both of them happened to people that I was close to when I was a child. And the first story is about a couple of guys that I went to school with who, uh, you know, went down a bad path and wound up murdering somebody, going to prison uh, for the rest of their lives. And then the second part is about a relative I had who, uh, who fell in love with a black man and her dad disowned her and never spoke to her again. And, um, you know, these things really happened, and this was the 80s and the 90s, and, you know, they still happen today. And, and the narrator is trying to give advice, but it's not really good advice. I mean, th here's the secret. You can wash the skillet. You know, it's made of cat. It'll be fine. You can wash the skillet. <laughs> uh, a lot of times I'll write a song that has some Southern, you know, words of wisdom in it, and people will say, hey, man, that's not exactly right. And I'm like, you're almost there. You're almost <laughs> You're understanding the song, you know. <laughs> I cannot wait for you to perform. I'm very excited. Everyone here is very excited. <laughs> Weather Vanes is available now, and Killers of the Flower Moon is streaming globally on Apple TV+. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. 
Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Ooh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. My choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. heels are not for a fashion statement they're for ammunition and the stronger the threat the higher the heel i wear heels it's not for a fashion statement it's because if i see something wrong we're gonna kick them every single time those are pretty high when you're kick it's gotta hurt explore more shows from the daily show podcast universe by searching the daily show wherever you get your podcasts Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central. And stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now.